0: Welcome to the Preservation Technology Podcast. I'm Kevin Ammons, and today we join NCPTT's Andy Farrell as he speaks with Nancy Feingood, Executive Director of the Michigan Historic Preservation Network. So
1: good morning, Nancy. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Good morning. I'm very excited to be joining you.
1: NCPTT recently published online a guide titled Introducing Preservation Trades to High School Students, which grew out of your work with Detroit's Randolph's Career and Technical Center. Can you tell us a little bit about this publication?
0: Sure. The publication actually evolved from a successful grassroots program that the Michigan Historic Preservation Network began about four years ago at Detroit's Randolph Career and Technical Center.
1: And what was the genesis of that project?
0: We were contacted by a teacher from Randolph School who was very interested in working with his students in rehabbing homes instead of just building new like they do for Habitat, and got us involved, got the State Historic Preservation Office involved and others in the Detroit community. And we started the program about four years ago. And the program at Randolph was so successful that we wanted to share the program with other preservation educators around the United States.
1: How did this collaborative effort with NCPTT begin?
0: NCPTT assisted us with funding to convene a sort of summit of experts from a wide range of preservation organizations and educational institutions. And the goal of the summit was to bring together Preservation educators, everything from grassroots high school teachers to college professors from around the country, to share their ideas and document their experiences and help us create this publication. One of our board members, Jim Turner, is a wood window restoration specialist and he was one of the instructors for the Randolph School Program. And he traveled to Louisiana to meet with Kurt Cordell, the director of your organization. And Jim felt that this program that we started in Detroit could be a model for others around the United States. He was aware that the NCPTT had been instrumental in promoting the program at the Brooklyn High School of the Arts, and he approached them to collaborate with us to create a guide so that it could be utilized in programs around the entire United States. And the ultimate goal of, I think, both programs is to train students who see appropriate preservation of historic resources as another career opportunity. And I think the major thing that we have to keep in mind is that every program needs a passionate champion to carry the baton. At Randolph School, it was Roddy Rivers, the teacher that I mentioned earlier, who wanted to introduce his students to preservation in traditional building schools. In Brooklyn, it was Kate Burns-Adovino, the Director of Preservation Technology at the New Jersey Institute of Technology. We found that if you don't have someone in the community truly, truly passionate to start the program and to see it through, because it does take you know quite a bit of effort, the program won't be successful. So we've been trying to reach out to different sort of champions and communities to start new programs.
1: Fascinating. Tell me a little bit about the students. Who were the students?
0: The students were awesome. Um, Make sure you take a look at uh, the video that's on the NCPTT website. You'll see the students up close and hear some of their interviews. But what was interesting was that all the students were self-selected. So we didn't say, you know, you need to learn about preservation because you're in carpentry or you need to add preservation to your CAD design program. We took the students on a tour of historic sites of Detroit in this situation, in this case, and then we did a half-day program, educational program about preservation, general preservation and what it means, and they self-selected themselves. And not only did they work at a historic site, they missed some of their other class time, and they needed to commit to fulfilling their other classroom requirements. That's a lot of work for, you know, a high school student. The first year of our program, there were ten boys and one girl. And she was, she <laughs> she had a hard time, but she followed through and committed to, to fulfilling all the requirements in her classroom and at the site that we had chosen in the community. But another requirement in order to participate was that the student's parent or guardian had to come to an organizational meeting and agree to their participation. And all 11 parents showed up and agreed, which is unheard of in most school districts, much less, you know, a school district like Detroit. So that was really, really exciting. That
1: is exciting. Now, how did the students enjoy working on historic buildings?
0: They loved working on the historic buildings. We chose Historic Fort Wayne as our sort of laboratory. Historic Fort Wayne is owned by the City of Detroit Parks and Rec Department. It's a site that is very, very important to the city, but had become downtrodden and was sorely in need of some help. So we chose one building on the site as their working lab, which they traveled to four four days a week the first year of the program. And one student told me that he'd heard of the fort, but had never been there, even though it was walking distance from his home. And then another student said, This was one of my favorites. Now that he has taken this course, he can fix his grandma's old windows instead of calling Wallside.
1: That is great. That is great. Now, the instructors, were they all staff at Randolph?
0: No, they weren't. Actually, the first year, all of the instructors were recruited from preservation professionals around the state. Some traveled, oh, I would say probably over 100 miles round trip just to participate in the program. They were paid a small stipend the first year, but really taught primarily because they felt strongly about training these students. They'd come to organizational meetings. I mean, their buy-in was spectacular. One of the instructors, a young preservation carpenter, said, I wish there was a program like this when I was in high school. It took me many years after high school to to find this kind of training. And then in the following years, the first year, we had a grant from the State Historic Preservation Office to do the program. In the following years, our funding diminished. We had a little bit of help from some local foundations and others. But many of the instructors wanted to see this program continue, and they volunteered their time as did Randolph School teachers. We actually had kids that wanted to come out there because they had heard how wonderful the program was, and of course the food was good too. Mm -hmm. And so the electrical heating, the heating and cooling teacher brought his students out there to restore or to repair the furnace because there was no heat in the building. So that was uh, volunteer and additional and then there was no uh, working plumbing which you know was an issue with eleven students and four teachers and so the plumbing instructor brought his students out to repair the plumbing and all these kids wanted to come back they wanted to be a part of this program and i'm sure it didn't hurt that you know they were able to take a bus and leave their regular classroom
1: (laughs) yeah that's always enticing Now, (laughs) now nancy what was the major key to the success of this program
0: I think there are lots of keys to the success, however, um, and it's it's hard to pick just one, but I still think that having a champion is key, like with Randolph, it can be a teacher. We've seen other programs where it's a local preservation advocate or a preservation tradesman, but there must be one person with that vision and the passion to see the program through to fruition. It's sort of easy to get the ball rolling, you know people are interested there's a lot of excitement but it takes perseverance to keep that ball rolling up the hill especially when you run into any kind of obstacles along the way
1: well that's a perfect segue into the next question uh... are there any particular problems associated with this model
0: there are i think that the biggest problem associated with the model is getting buy-in or convincing others of the potential career opportunities for the students in many schools You know, unless they can see the end internship or career opportunities, we have a hard time getting that buy-in. And that can also lead to, you know, a lack of resources, and like I said before, primarily financial funding for the program.
1: Certainly. Now, Nancy, what are the next steps?
0: Well, we've already begun the next steps. In the short term, the guide's been distributed widely around the country, we, I posted something on the statewide and local partners listserv of the National Trust and actually received requests for 32 copies of our publications and that was just electronically others asked for the actual paper copy that I sent out also we've also started a second program in Battle Creek Michigan as a result of this and there's a new program in Indiana that one of our sorry, one of our experts who, participated in the summit has started and we're also having conversation with folks in Ohio, New York and Wisconsin and we primarily are just you know simply having conference calls and giving them extra sort of incentive to get started.
1: That is brilliant. Are there opportunities for greater collaboration?
0: Oh sure definitely. We would hope to collaborate with other national organizations like your own including the National Trust, the Preservation Trades Network, the National Conference of State Historic Preservation Officers, and the World Monument Fund. They've all, we've had conversations with all of them, and in fact, the National Trust wanted to submit our program for a national award, a green award, so I've not heard back on that. But they're all very, very, very interested in the program, and we're hoping to, you know, collaborate with more organizations.
1: Excellent. And how do you envision scaling this up?
0: I would like to work on greater marketing of the program using new tools like the podcast. As a part of the first program, we created a video, which, of course, can be downloaded from your site, and I'd like to see some clips of that uploaded to YouTube. So I'm working with the videographer on that to get wider exposure. And as an extension of this program this is really 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 exciting. Well, it's all exciting, but my organization will be running a 2-week program in July in Kalamazoo, Michigan to train underemployed and unemployed carpenters and contractors in preservation carpentry and wood window restoration in a lower-income historic neighborhood. And we're hoping that that will help, you know, people see what can be done while we're, you know, training folks that need jobs. So it's gone beyond the schools. It's actually going out into the neighborhoods.
1: Great. Nancy, it's been fantastic talking to you today. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for inviting me. That was Andy Farrell with Nancy Finegood. If you'd like to learn more about this project, visit our podcast show notes at the National Center for Preservation, Technology, and Training website. That's ncptt.nps.gov. Until next time, goodbye, everybody.